You know, we had a really good time going out to Claudia Sanders yesterday. There was about 30 of us, I guess, that went. And it was just it was beautiful. And uh, got out there, and they brought out that bread. <laughs> it's like, all my stars, I'm lucky I had room for anything else but that bread. Anybody like that bread that went? Yeah? Anybody like bread, period? Yeah, bread's good, isn't it? I love bread. You know, you go to Red Lobster and get the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Oh, man. Tell you what, those are good. If you go to Hardee's in the morning, get some biscuits and gravy. Oh, love it. Anybody Make anybody hungry yet? Okay. Well, how about going to Outback and getting that, that honey wheat bread? You know, this is the stuff they bring you so you can't eat your meal. You know, this is so you can't eat. Or you go to your favorite Italian restaurant and they bring that bread out with the seasoned olive oil that you dip it in. It's like, you know, we all love bread. Bread is pretty much on the table at almost every meal that we have. A lot of times at home, we put out, we'll put out biscuits, we'll put out rolls. We might just put out some plain old white bread. It's a, it's a, it's a staple. We have it at holidays. We have, you know, it's, pizza is bread with toppings, basically. You know, hot dogs, hamburgers, sandwiches. It's, it, we eat it all the time. In fact, Jesus taught us to pray and ask what? Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And we do a really good job at getting that, don't we? We like to have our daily bread. But is bread enough? As much as I like bread, I wouldn't go, want to go through life on a bread-only diet. I might try it sometimes before a meal, but, you know, we wouldn't want to do that. Bread can whet your appetite for the meal to come, but it cannot replace your meal entirely, at least not for any length of time. You know, the Navy just recently, within the past few years, stopped having the bread and water diets when they put people in the brig. Uh, because it caused problems. If you ate nothing but bread and washed down with the water, you'd have a host of uh, nutritional problems. You wouldn't get the essential nutrients uh, like protein and, and fat and vitamins and minerals. Uh, you might have enough trouble consuming enough calories to maintain your energy, and you probably wouldn't find a bread-only diet sustainable for a very long time. But yet Jesus comes along and says, I am the bread of life. John chapter 6, the last verse of our passage this morning, verse 35, Jesus tells those around him, I am the bread of life. Now there's a couple of things that we can deduce from what Jesus says by being the bread of life. We could come to the conclusion that he is saying that he understands bread to be the most basic foundational, and perhaps the only sustenance a person needs. Or, perhaps he knew that bread was the necessary foundation for a nutritious menu, but not the only food that a person requires. Sports dietitian says that bread is essential for athletes, but it is only the foundation for a healthy diet. It implies that much more is needed than one's daily bread. Even Jesus retorted to a famous tempter, man shall not live on bread alone. So there you have it. Jesus calls himself the bread of life, 
but yet also says, man shall not live on bread alone. So do we need more in our lives besides Jesus? Could Jesus be suggesting that while faith in him is, vital, is the vital foundation for a spiritual life, a healthy spiritual life needs some other ingredients as well. Could he be saying that? Yes, he could. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Jesus leaves open the possibility that we can distort our spiritual lives by getting this bread metaphor wrong. One distortion is trying to live on the bread of life alone and just the bread of life. Take Roger, for example. Real person, fake name. Okay? He tells about a song that he learned as a, a young teenager at a church camp. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. He's all I need. He's all I need. He's all I will ever need. Now, Roger was just a new Christian in those days, and he certainly hadn't had a whole lot of life experience. But even at that point, the chorus struck him as somewhat unrealistic. Jesus is all that I will ever need? Frankly, Roger kind of doubted that. He says that he learned the chorus right about the time that he was starting to notice those of the opposite gender. He was starting to notice girls. And in his emerging adolescence, he was beginning to find them pretty interesting. And like all young men, at some point in life, he's going to find that he needs the company, the lifelong company of someone of the opposite sex. He concluded that no matter how close he came to Jesus in life, there was no danger in Jesus taking the place of that relationship with a girl. Actually, no matter what our age, no matter how deep or how vital our relationship with Jesus is, and no matter how committed we are to following his example and trusting his, his word, no one has ever found that faith in Jesus alone is enough for spiritual health or anything else. Faith in Jesus alone just doesn't cut it. And if we really consider the implication about Jesus' statement about being the bread of life, we can surmise that he never intended to be all that we will ever need. You know, in the first century, bread was whole grain, wasn't it? This refining process that yields the bread that we have today has not yet been invented. They didn't have the process to enrich bread like they do today. So the whole grain bread of Jesus' day was less nutritional than our bread that we have in, our, in the packages that we get from the store. So we can assume that Jesus' bread of life statement was meant to say that faith in him is an essential part of our spiritual life. It is our foundational need, but it is not everything that we need for a healthy spiritual life. That's at least part of the reason that from time to time, the church in the first century, the Christians there found it essential to do what? 
to get together, right? They found it essential in their life to meet together, not only for worship, but for fellowship. In fact, the author of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, told his readers not to neglect the meeting of themselves together. For what? In order to worship, yes, but why else? That was just a small part of it. They were also not to forsake the assembling of themselves together for fellowship. For fellowship. Faith in Jesus alone wasn't enough. The church needs encouragement. We need to be encouraging to one another. And we do that through fellowship. Yeah, yesterday was great going out and getting some great food. It was a nice place to go. But you know what the best part of the whole thing was? It wasn't the chicken wings. It wasn't the all-you-can-eat salad bar. And it wasn't the bread. It was the fact that we were together. That was the best part. It was the fellowship. You know, we could have done that. We can have that fellowship by going out to Claudia Sanders. We can have that fellowship by going bowling Tuesday afternoon. We can have that fellowship when some of you meet together and have lunch between services this afternoon. That is the essential part that we need to have that Hebrews was talking about. Jesus is not all that we need. Jesus is the bread of life, but he's not the whole meal. Now, another distortion of our spiritual lives can occur if we try to live without eating any of the bread of life. Thanks to Dr. Atkins, what have we learned? That there can be a diet where there are no carbohydrates, right? That you can live without eating bread or any carb-bearing food. We also learned that the Dr. Atkins diet is not a friend of athletes, is it? Athletes cannot survive on a no-carb diet. Guy by the name of Stan Purdom, author of, of two books about bicycling, was trying to lose weight some years ago. And he, so he tried the Atkins diet. A few days into it, he went out on his bike ride, his normal 15-mile bike ride that he rides, and has never had a problem with that 15-mile bike ride. Here's what he says happened. From the first push of the pedals, I noticed that I felt drained. In fact, the first mile of this ride, I felt the way I normally feel at the end of a 50-mile jaunt. Nonetheless, I persevered, thinking my energy might kick in. But after about three miles, riding seemed like a terrible idea. And I took a direct path home, logging a total of less than five miles for the entire excursion. I used a car metaphor to use a car metaphor, I felt as if I were hitting on only two cylinders instead of the usual eight. I had similar experiences on two more rides I tried during that diet. Long rides were out of the question, and even short ones were terrible. I soon gave Dr. Atkins the boot. Likewise, it is possible for a person to be spiritual, though not a Christian, without eating any of the bread of life. You can be a spiritual person and not partake of the bread of life. But such spirituality lead, tends to be limp. 
unfocused, lacking in any kind of energy that Jesus provides for us. Certainly one thing Jesus did mean when he said that he was the bread of life is that our most basic and our most important human longings are fulfilled in him. He is the foundation for a healthy spiritual diet. If we want a healthy spiritual diet, it cannot be accomplished without the bread of life. It will not happen without Jesus. To be a Christian, we need Jesus. Now, that sounds axiomatic, doesn't it? It sounds like, duh, yeah, you're telling us what we already know. But you'd be surprised at how many people want to be a Christian and have nothing to do with Jesus. There are people that want to be a Christian, but don't have to deal with Jesus, at least who claim to be the Son of God. A third possible distortion of our spiritual lives is that when we eat so much junk food that the bread of life ceases to be our mainstay. This is different than the previous distortion about not eating the bread of life. This is where there is no deliberate attempt to stay away from the bread of life. But rather we end up filling up on so many empty calorie delicacies in life. We leave no room for those things that are truly spiritually fulfilling. Truly spiritually nutritional. So, it appears that we have eaten too much, but yet we're actually still starving for the necessary ingredients that we need to have in order to have a healthy spiritual life. In terms of the spiritual life, we do the same thing when we give lip service to our faith. But don't bother with such ways of dining on the bread of life as praying to God. We don't bother with Bible reading. We fill up with all this other junk, but we ignore those things. Intentionally doing good deeds, fellowshipping, and spending time with other Christians giving to the church and to those in need, gathering around the Lord's table, participating in other means of sustenance that God provides through Jesus. These are some of the things through which Jesus has provided for us so that we can be constantly nourished by the bread of life. So while we're not intentionally ignoring the bread... We don't have it because we've filled up on so much other junk in this life that there's no room for it. So all of us are going to sit down to dinner this afternoon. Some of us are going to go home to pot roast. We're having what Lizzie calls pot roast Sunday today. We're having it before she goes home this week. Some of us are going to have chicken or even sandwiches. Some of us are going to stay here back in the fellowship hall and eat between services. Some people might go out to eat, might go to the, uh, the Hungry Pelican, they might go to Culver's, they might go to Mango's or McAllister's or even other places. And we're all going to give thanks for it, right? We're going to be thankful for what we get. But we're not going to be eating pot roast or pizza or sandwiches every single day for the rest of our lives, are we? 
We're not going to be eating the same thing every day. We might have leftovers tomorrow, but we're not going to have leftovers forever. We're thankful for these things and for the, what they do to contribute to sustaining our lives. But we're thankful most of all that we have daily bread, both in the real sense, the physical sense, and in a spiritual sense. We are thankful for the bread of life. We are blessed. Spiritually fed in so many ways. We are spiritually fed in so many necessary ways. And our spiritual meal can consist of so many things, such as worship, such as Bible reading and prayer, fellowship of family and fellowship of Christians. But the one constant we can count on, the one staple we have at every meal, spiritually speaking, is Jesus. Jesus is our bread of life. Jesus might not be the, all that we need, but folks, he is the only thing that we cannot do without. He cannot be left out. He is the basis, the foundation for who we are. He is the foundation for our existence. If he's not there, then everything is gone. It's worthless. Who is your foundation this morning? And who are you feasting on on a day-by-day -day basis? I hope that it is Jesus Christ, the bread of life. If he is not your foundation this morning, then you have the opportunity here and now to make a change in your life and put him as the primary staple foundation of your spiritual meal every day. If you're not a Christian this morning, the bread of life is not part of your life. Make it part of your life this morning. We're going to sing a song of encouragement here in just a minute. And if you find that you need that bread of life in your life this morning, come, talk to one of the elders. Make that decision to become a Christian, to be baptized, to have your sins taken away, to be baptized, to have Jesus come into your life and begin feeding you. And you will notice a change. Your spiritual life will blossom when you make Jesus your foundation. And if you need to come, do so right now while we stand and sing.